Morning all. Thanks Abby and Carolyn and, and everyone else for this morning. I was nearly going to share this in the sharing time, but I want to throw a challenge out to you right at the start. The young couple next door to us, a Christian couple who go to Gateway at Don, have organised a street party. We're only a very small street, but there's at least four Christian families that I know of in the street. And this is the second one of these street parties that we've had. I think it's like a potluck dinner or something, this one. I'll probably eat what we take, but anyway, it's, a, <laughs> it's just, a, just a challenge. If, if you're in a street and you'd like to touch base with a few people in the street, a street party is a, a great way of doing it. So I encourage you with that. As I've said before, Edith and I love the fellowship here and the worship here, and we'd really like to be here more often. But um, the Lord's got other ideas, I think. There seem to be needy churches, or should I say desperate churches around, that need a bit of a hand. I've already preached more than 20 times this year. Wouldn't people be sick of that by now? In five different churches, and I'm loving it, and I'm not bragging when I say that, because the Lord's been teaching me so much and growing me through all of that. Can we bring that first slide up, please? In my late teens, a couple of years ago, uh, <laughs> would you believe 55 years ago, I took up pro running to uh, help me with fitness for hockey. Without much success, I've got to say. But those words still really affect me and get the adrenaline pumping. Get ready, set, go, bang, and we're off. Actually, I nearly won a 400 metre gift final. I suppose nearly is not much good, is it? <laughs> <laughs> There's not much prize money for nearly. In fact, I thought I had won it. My coach set me up for this particular race and I got a good handicap and a lovely rub down in the sheds and some kind of horrible energy drink that he gave me. I still don't know what it is, but they didn't check your drinks in those days. <laughs> and I was primed. I was right to go, ready, set, go. And off we went. And I had a few teammates that paced me and I rounded the final bend and passed the last two runners, hit the lead, crossed the finish line, threw my arms up in the air in celebration. And the other runners went straight past me <laughs> to another finish line 20 metres up the track. <laughs> the real one. How embarrassing. I, I still don't know how I didn't wake up to the fact that there was no tape across the track for me, <laughs> for me to run through. Anyway, I was shattered, as was my coach and my stable mates, and that put paid to my running career very quickly. Now, you may, rem or you may not remember a couple of months ago at a night service, we looked at God's call on Joshua to be... No? Strong and courageous. Thank you. Some were here and some were awake and still are. Uh, and, the, and the call on Joshua to step up and take the mantle of leadership. I'd like to follow on from that to where Joshua knew that it was time to get ready, get set, and go. Not like the hero on the cruise ship. No time for him to get ready or get set. You see, earlier that day, a young woman had fallen overboard. 
And within seconds, this elderly gentleman was by her side in the dark, cold waters. The woman was rescued and the guy became an instant hero. And the captain put on a dinner of celebration that night to celebrate this hero. And when he was invited to get up and speak, he got up to the microphone and in one of the shortest hero's speeches ever, he said this, I just want to know one thing. Who was it that pushed me in? <laughs> Certainly didn't have time to get ready or get set. Keep that in mind as we look at verses 10 to 15 of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1 where it says, Joshua ordered the leaders to go through the camp and say to the people, get your provisions ready. In three days you'll cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord is giving you. But to some tribes, Joshua said, remember Moses said to you, the Lord is giving you this land here as a place of rest. So your wives, children and livestock may remain here, this side of the Jordan. But your armed warriors must lead the others across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. And by the way, the armed warriors at that time were any men who were over 20 who were considered to be fit. So, so have you got any armed warriors here? No? Am I on my own? Actually, I'm not that fit anymore. Now, if we stop at that point, it's easy to look at that and think, how unfair is that? Because he's splitting families up. But is he? Look at the next few verses. Joshua said to the warriors, stay with them until they're safe and settled and until they possess the land the Lord is giving them. Then you may return and settle here, this side of the Jordan, with your women and children. Their response? We will do whatever you say, they said, and we will go wherever you send us. And may the Lord be with you as he was with Moses. So be strong and courageous. Amazing. Amazing. So much in that. When we moved to Olston two years ago, a neighbour leaned over the fence and looked at me and said, oh, I remember you. We were in school together. Now, we hadn't seen each other since the final assembly at Olson High School more than 50 years earlier. I didn't recognise her. But I recall that, that final assembly when someone made a fantastic stirring speech that went something like this. Today you'll all receive a certificate to acknowledge your hard work and your commitment to learning. Go forward, he said. Some of you will become teachers, some nurses, some tradies, some salesmen some office workers, da-da-da-da-da. Actually, I don't remember what jobs he specifically mentioned. I'm pretty sure I didn't make the list. He certainly didn't mention pastors. And he certainly didn't include computer programmers. They were unheard of in those days. But I remember that he then said, and make a difference. Go ahead, go forward and make a difference. And those words resonated with me 10 years later when I was in Sydney learning how to program this new thing called a computer. And our trainer gave a similar stirring speech when he said, go forward and break new ground. 
And then 20 years later, when God called me into ministry, when I graduated from Morling Bible College in Sydney, the principal gave a speech that was pretty well the same, except it had more of a spiritual emphasis. It was basically, go forward and see what Jesus can do through you. You're seeing a pattern develop? Now, I reckon we all learn that it's not necessarily so easy. We know our limitations. We have our doubts and we wonder if we can really do it. I wonder how Joshua felt after spending time alone in the presence of God and being told, Joshua, it's time to go forward and possess the land. Can you see the pattern now? What are the two prime words there? Go forward, go forward. So God encouraged Joshua and told him to be strong and courageous and promised success, but I wonder if Joshua might have thought, who am I kidding? These people might drown me in the Jordan or I might get killed by the enemies on the other side. After all, he knew the effects of warfare and he also knew firsthand the way that his people had treated Moses. So I wonder if Joshua might have had the same fears and insecurities that we wrestle with. Waiting for that to come up on the screen. I wonder, do you reckon he was human? If he was human, I reckon he would have had those. It'd be perfectly natural, wouldn't it? After all, he was made of the same stuff as you and I. But at the same time, I'm also reminded that God told Joshua to focus on him and know that he would always be by his side. And that's the key for us when we want to step out. Is God actively involved in our life, in our future? And when you think about this command he gave to Joshua, there's an awesome promise here that God may be with you. That God will be with us wherever he sends us and may provide some stuff that we need and will provide how much? All we need. Amen? Do you believe that? Repeat that bit with me. God will be with us wherever he sends us and will provide all we need. And I reckon Stephen and Coralie could relate to that. And all this is ours if we're willing to invest our lives in God and take him at his word. From a personal point of view, Edith and I can testify to God's amazing blessing and provision each time we've stepped out and heard his calling on our lives. In fact, I got quite emotional recently. I'm a bit of an emotional sop anyway. Don't sit me down to watch some soft movie. But I got quite emotional when Edith and I sat down and recalled our journey of faith with God and realised afresh the way that he's led us and provided all our needs. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. And it's a reminder that if we focus on our problems, God seems to get smaller. Have you noticed that? But if we focus on God, our problems seem to get smaller. Make sense? You want to repeat that one too, don't you, with me? 
If we focus on our problems, God seems to get smaller. But if we focus on God, our problems seem to get smaller. So any time we're overwhelmed by everything that's going on, we need to face the question, what or who am I really focusing on? Joshua was focused on God. So he commanded his leadership team to marshal the troops and prepare to enter the promised land. And in obedience to his command, the leaders went through the camp and told the people to get ready to go. So let's think about Joshua's response. And I want to repeat that Joshua responds to God's commands immediately. He doesn't delay, doesn't procrastinate. He did what he was told to do when he was told to do it. There's an old saying, strike while the iron's hot. I reckon we all know that the longer we think about something that we're supposed to do, the more likely we are not to do it. Joshua was willing to move forward because he knew that it was God's will. He didn't appoint a committee to discuss how they were going to get across the water. He simply told the people to get ready and make preparations. No discussion, no choice, just obedience to God's command. You might remember back in May, I said it was springtime and the Jordan River in springtime is about two kilometres wide and filled with rapids from melting snow in the mountains. Two kilometres. It's a pretty wide river, isn't it? And you might remember I said that'd be from here to Leyland's Christian School or up to Mount St Vincent home, not as the crow flies, but as the road goes, if you straighten the road out. So it's not as simple as crossing the Leven River, is it? And keep in mind that there were two million of them, two million people with all their belongings. By the way, Joshua and Caleb were the only ones still alive out of all those who had walked through the Red Sea some 40 years earlier. So they knew that the same God who, who led them to safety and victory then was leading them now. So Joshua said, get ready. Now there's an important issue here. You see, here is a whole generation who had been raised on a food called manna. God had provided manna for them to survive in the desert every day for 40 years. Every day for 40 years. But now they're coming to a land where there's heaps of food, a land flowing with milk and honey and nuts and grains and fruit and all sorts of things. So they would no longer need manna. They wouldn't automatically have this food provided for them every day. God cut that supply, meaning that they'd now have to organise their own food. So get ready meant not only get your gear organised, but get your head around a different way of living. Get your head around a different way of living. Get it? Then Joshua told the people to get set. Get ready, get set. He wouldn't want them to just jump in at the deep end. 
Sorry, couldn't resist that. They needed to know what they were going to do and carefully follow a plan. And then what do you reckon the third point is that he said? Go. Get ready. Sorry, did I wake you? <laughs> get ready, get said, go. No time to talk. No time for conspiracy theories. No time for protest marches. No time for the critics to get all wound up. It was time to go and that was that. So they had to do for themselves whatever they could do, get the food, get organised, get ready, and then God would divide the waters of the Jordan River, just like he did with the Red Sea. And it's important to note from that passage we read, out of all the tribes that made up the Israelites, some were saying, we're quite content to stay this side of the river. We don't want to step out and cross over. We've gone as far as we want to go. And Joshua was okay with that. You see, he was aware that Moses had told these particular tribes that they could do that, that they could settle there without crossing the, the Jordan. So he said, okay, but your warriors must go and lead the others across until they are safe and settled on the other side of the river. Then they can come back to settle here with their women and children. And it struck me that there's a really important point here. God allowed them to settle for less than the best. For less than the best. And yet there were negative consequences as a result of their decision to, to stay put and to settle this side. You see, they still had to cross the Jordan and fight for the land where the others would live, meaning that some of them might die for the land they'd never get to enjoy themselves. Can you see that? So they'd get to see the promised land. They'd get to taste the blessings of it. They'd get to help others experience it. But then they were just more than content to come back to the old way, the old side, back to the past and settle down there forever. Now, I don't know about you, but I hope I never have that attitude. I don't want to settle for less than the best. I want to taste all that God has for me. I want to keep learning. I want to keep growing. I want to go forward to the finish line and be able to throw my arms up in the air in celebration. Maybe that's why God's still got me doing a bit of circuit work. Well, now let's look at the people's response to Joshua. We will do whatever you say. And we will go wherever you send us. How brilliant is that? Such a good lesson for us. Almost sounds too good to be true, but they knew it was God's plan and that he was with them. Whether they were the tribes that would come back to the old side to settle eventually or the tribes that would settle in the new promised land and stay there, 
They knew they could drown or be killed, but at least they'd be doing the will of God. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? So there you have it. Joshua gave a command and they were prepared to step up. And we wonder why. Weren't all these people the descendants of those who gave Moses a hard time continually? Wanted to kill him, wanted to stone him? So what motivated everyone to be instantly obedient to Joshua when it had been a continuous struggle for Moses? Here's a couple of answers I've come up with. See what you think. Maybe they were tired of just wandering in the wilderness as they had done their whole life and wanted to go somewhere they could call home. You see, here we have a new generation of people and they had never settled anywhere. They'd always been living in the wilderness, in the desert, just wandering around. Or maybe they wanted to be better than their forefathers and be all that God had created them to be. There's probably a lot more maybes that come to mind. That's just a couple that came to my simple mind, my simple thinking. But we can't underestimate the importance of this moment. It was a major breakthrough. They gave Joshua what they never gave Moses, uncomplaining loyalty. Whoa. What leader wouldn't want that? Wouldn't I have loved that when I was pastoring churches? Uncomplaining loyalty from all the people. They had murmured and grumbled against their leader, Moses, who loved them and gave his life for their deliverance. Maybe they've learnt their lesson at last. So they pledged their loyalty to their new leader, to Joshua. And in turn, they expected him and the leadership to remain loyal to God. Fair deal, isn't it? Whatever their reasoning was, they were not holding back any longer and they said, we are ready, let's go. What leader wouldn't want to hear that one too? No doubt they were aware of the dangers ahead, but as we said earlier, the longer we look at our problems, the smaller God becomes. But the longer we look at God, the smaller our problems become. That's the same saying that we had earlier, but just a different way around. So say it with me. The longer we look at our problems, the smaller God becomes. But the longer we look at God, the smaller our problems become. Remember back in May, we saw that God told Joshua to be what again? Strong. I forgot it. To be what? Uh, not once, not twice, but three times he told Joshua that. So as I wrap up, maybe the key lesson today is this. Like Joshua and the Israelites, if we really want the best God has for us, we'll be strong and courageous and go forward in Jesus' name to see what he has in store for us. If you like that and you can relate to it and you want to, say it with me. Like Joshua and the Israelites, 
If we really want the best God has for us, we will be strong and courageous and go forward in Jesus' name to see what he has in store for us. I want to be a pioneer, not a settler. I want to keep moving with God. I hope that's come through this morning. It doesn't get any easier than that sort of challenge. I'm challenging myself with that saying. That's why I'm just hesitating a little bit. Because I want you to know I'm not being unfair on anyone here. I'm challenging myself as much. Whenever you point, do you realise when one finger points out that there's four pointing back? Let's not settle for less than the best. Let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and follow his leading with courage. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is alive today. We thank you that it has so much meaning for us today. Ancient manuscripts that speak to us today, in our day, in our time. Father, would you speak into our lives and challenge each one of us to be the people you want us to be? for the good of this church, for the good of this town, for the good of our families. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.